Thursday morning, I, I sent out an email. I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Did anybody get it? Because yeah. uh, in it, uh, I, I put a, a Amer an American historical document, really, I, I put within it. And it was the uh, 1789 presidential proclamation made by President George Washington, which laid out the original intent of a national Thanksgiving Day. And, and I'm not going to read it all this morning. If you didn't get a chance to read it, I do have some, some copies of it. You could have it just a single page. Uh, but it, it is this type of document that the modern historical revisionists want to do away with. Uh, they don't want people reading these things. And, and they certainly don't want to see something like this make it into a public school history book. But I, I want to read just a couple excerpts. Here's, here's just a couple uh, quotes from it. Uh, to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, <laughs> President of the United States, to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. Acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, to acknowledge, great, to acknowledge that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, to beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions. Now these are biblical requests, aren't they? Uh, to, to beseech him to, uh, to, to acknowledge Almighty God, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. To acknowledge Almighty God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. For He is the author of all good that was that is, or that will be. How about James 1.17? Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. All good that was, that is, and that will be. To beseech Him to pardon our national and other transgressions. How about Second Chronicles 7.14? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So I believe there was a lot of biblical mandate that was in that proclamation. And all that, that I pray that we would, could see that yet today. But, but this I know when when a, a holiday comes along like 
Thanksgiving Day, that a holiday that's imposed on us. I, I'm of the camp that believes that as children of God, what a wonderful time to use what the world is celebrating and tell them why we celebrate as children of God. To, to talk about giving thanks to God, to talk about giving thanks from a biblical perspective. So it's these times to me that, that comes up on our calendar that can be a great time for Christian witnessing. But because I'll ask you this, since, since we've just come through Thanksgiving Day, does the child of God have anything to be thankful for? See, that's a ridiculous question, isn't it? But yes, we do. Yes, we do. So much. And I love these verses from Psalms 107, uh, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 22. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. See, I love child of God, what, what's it saying? Speak up. Speak up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And we're going to drop down to verse 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Let his children. Sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I just ask what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in His name I pray. Amen. See, may we daily give thanks because of what He has done. Because, child of God, I, I love that, because He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. See, may, may all other aspects of our lives flow from first being thankful to God for His grace and mercy toward us. Colossians 1, verses 10 through 14. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, let me pause there. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? Giving, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. It wasn't me. I didn't qualify myself. You didn't qualify yourself either. He, he, the Lord, has made us fit for eternal life with Him. Not by works of righteousness, with, which we have done. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But by His mercy and grace, He called us out of darkness, you see. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. How about 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10? I'll let the word of the Lord speak to you this morning. But you are a chosen generation. Who's He talking to? He's talking to the elect of God. He's talking to the children of God. 
He's telling them, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Born and believer, that, that's us. That's t talking of us. That's talking of me. Delivered from the power of darkness, redeemed from the hand of the enemy. <laughs> Talking about the enemy this morning. And the enemy has a grip on many in this world. Has their eyes blinded to the truth. And is holding them in a dark place. All for a miracle of God that, that would shine light into a dark place and open eyes to see the truth that they might believe and receive Christ. So, child of God, we've got so much to be thankful for because once that was me, once that was you. Lost. So may we be forever grateful and abounding in thanksgiving to God. Let's go a little more in Colossians. Colossians, the second chapter, verses 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You see, as one who has been born again, one who has been taught by the Word of God, by the Word of truth, and having received Christ Jesus the Lord, therefore walk in Him, be rooted in Him, be built up in Him, be established in the faith. You know, there, There's a series of sermons right there. And the only way that we can abound and overflow in thanksgiving at all times, regardless of the circumstances of life that we may be facing, is to be this that Paul is calling us to be. Rooted, grounded, established, fully trusting in the Lord. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, you know these verses, but, but it talks of that very thing of being rooted. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. And it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. You see, that, that's a picture of what Paul was talking about, is it not? Being rooted, established, grounded in our faith. Then when the heat comes... When the trial comes, when the circumstance of life comes that tries to shipwreck our soul, oh, we will yet be rooted and grounded and established. And, and I love it. And we will not cease from yielding fruit for the Lord. Even in the midst of difficult times, trusting, trusting Him. Now, Psalms uh, 1, the first three verses of the book of Psalms. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Rooted, grounded, built up, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in thanksgiving, abounding in thanksgiving, that, that, that all of our lives, would, would everything that we do would, would abound, would overflow, with thanksgiving. I'm going to go a little more in, in Colossians. How about Colossians 3, verses 15 and set through 17? And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. <laughs> Have I been letting the peace of God rule in my heart? How about you? And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. Uh, in Colossians 4 verse 2, let's, let's do one more. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with Thanksgiving. You see, our prayers should, should be abounding with thanksgiving. May everything we say and do come from an attitude of thanksgiving. Someone has coined the expression to have an attitude of gratitude. And, and, throughout, you know, the, and throughout Paul's letters, doesn't he talk a lot about rejoicing? Doesn't he talk a lot about giving thanks? Now, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, you know this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And I know I've had people ask me through the years, I've had people ask me about this. They say, wait a minute, preacher, what, what do you, what's that mean? In everything, in everything, in everything, give thanks. Because someone may say, well, you know, there's just some things that have happened in my life or there's things that I'm facing right now that I'm just not too thankful for. You know, I'm, you know in, in my prayer, I'm not really being thankful. I'm, I'm praying like the, like the Apostle Paul prayed, Lord, take this from me, take this from me, take this from me. Take this thorn, take this difficulty, take this trial from me. So preacher, what's that mean? And everything give thanks. Well, I would say, well, if you're talking about the Apostle Paul and what he prayed and he prayed and he prayed, well, let's read a little bit farther about what he came to the conclusion of. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. And he and the Lord said to me, the Apostle Paul, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
Do you see what he's saying? He, he pretty much covered the gamut of trials, didn't he? Infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses. In all these things, I will recognize that, that when I humble myself before his mighty hand, that in due time he will lift me up. When I am weak, when I humble myself down, he will lift me up. Then I am made strong, not of my own doing, but of him. You see. I believe in everything give thanks means that even in the midst of adversity, a trial, a tribulation, or persecution, that we are yet to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. When the sun's shining down on me and the world's all it should be, blessed be the name. But when there's pain in the offering, still blessed be the name of the Lord. Give thanks to God for His mercy and grace toward us at all times. Charles Spurgeon, here's a quote from him. Here is a standing reason for thanksgiving. Although we may not always be healthy, nor always prosperous, yet God is always good. <laughs> And therefore, there is always a sufficient argument for giving thanks unto Jehovah, that He is a good God, essentially, that He cannot be otherwise than good, should be a fountain out of which the richest praises should perpetually flow. End quote. Perpetual praise, because at all times and all circumstances, God is good. And so we may, not, may we not let circumstances of life and, and the feelings that may come with facing those circumstances of life rule in our heart. But rather let the peace of God rule. And we realize that God is always in control, that He is good all the time, even though at a particular moment we may not truly understand why we are facing something in this life. He knows what's best. He knows what we need. So may we give thanks in all things. And this can only happen, this can only happen when we are surrendered to the Lord, when we're established, when we're rooted, when we're grounded, when we're fully trusting the truth of God's Word, when we're being led by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us, when we're standing firm. I read this. Uh, this was on an article that I came across on the Desiring God website. I didn't write down the name of the author. I know it wasn't John Piper. It was someone on the staff. But listen. The very practice of giving thanks directs our soul's attention away from what burdens us toward the great source of unearned, undeserved, powerful, abounding, and sustaining grace. That's a good statement right there. The very practice of giving thanks directs our soul's attention away from what burdens us toward the great source of unearned, undeserved, powerful, abounding, and sustaining grace. Giving thanks also helps us to see that grace with fresh awareness and renewed hope and joy. That's what thanksgiving is for. To both give God the glory He deserves and to lift yokes 
from us that feels so heavy in order that we might receive joyful rest for our souls. Jesus says, come, come, come to me. I'll give you rest. Uh, Psalms 9, verse 1 and 2. This is the, from ESV. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wondrous deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Then verse 9 and 10 in Psalms 9. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And the author goes on. Thanksgiving is wonderfully healthy for our souls. It redirects our attention from focusing on life-depleting, faith-shrinking concerns by focusing on God in Christ. <laughs> redirects our attention from focusing on life-depleting and faith-shrinking concerns. I thought that was well put to focusing on God in Christ who is our life by recalling the varied graces we have received from Him through the supreme grace of the cross. Gratitude inspires joyful worship and sparks our faith. End quote. I thought very well said, very well put. Uh, so child of God, may, may we overflow with thanksgiving. Psalm 69 verse 30. I will praise the name of the Lord with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Is, is that the desire of your heart? Is that the cry of your heart this morning? To give thanks to God. Praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Magnify the Lord. Uh, to lift up, to make much of, to increase, to glory in. Shouldn't it be a mark of every true born-again child of God, a desire to magnify the God of our salvation? Psalms 30, verse 16. I'm going to read a lot of verses today. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. See, let the Lord be magnified. Psalms thirty-four, first three verses. I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name. Together, <laughs> may my soul make its boast in the Lord and in Him alone. Does that, does that echo any words from the Apostle Paul that make pop in your mind? How about from Galatians 6, verse 14? You know, I'm talking of making a boast in the Lord. But God forbid that I should boast, that I should glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Make my boast in the Lord. Make my boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Magnify the Lord. Psalms 140, 145, first three verses. 
I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. <laughs> that we would glory in Him. That we would glory in Him. That the Lord might be magnified. Ought to remember what He has done for us in Psalm 77, verses 11 and 12. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. To tell others of what the Lord has done. Of what the Lord has done for you. What the Lord has done for them. And providing a great salvation. Remember the Lord. Remember His mighty works. Remember exceeding greatness of His power toward those who believe. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Because when we remember, when we truly pause to remember the greatness of God, His goodness toward us, the, the only response should be being thankful. Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Psalms 34, 1, we, we read it, the three verses earlier, but just the first verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In Ephesians 5, verses 19 and 20. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 92, the first two verses. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. You see, at all times, in the morning, in the evening. See, the key to rejoicing and thanksgiving is knowledge of God, obedience, being humbled before Him, acknowledging Him, Believing Him, believing His Word. You know, Dusty in his prayer talked that if there would be one that would be under a hearing of this sermon, that they, their eyes might be opened. And that's our prayer every Sunday. That any time that this sermon would go out, that in the midst of it, someone's eyes may be open to the truth in believing Him and in believing His Word and and, and the question I ask so often here is, is just that simple question, do you believe? And I would ask, I'd ask it in such a way as say, do, do you believe in a way that is more than the demons who believe and tremble? Because there is a belief that will not get you to heaven. But is your belief a belief unto salvation? Do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ dying on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. And who has sinned? All. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. So Jesus Christ dying on the cross to pay the penalty for sin for all who by faith would believe. Jesus Christ from the cross 
to the grave and in three days rising again for our justification. Interceding now the prayers of the saints to God the Father. Lived a perfect life. The perfect sacrifice for sin. Paid fully the penalty for sin for all who would believe. And there's the question, do you believe? Let, let me read Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and I'll say again, well, saved, saved, what's that mean? Saved from what? Well, saved from the wrath of God that will one day fall upon all unbelievers. The judgment that will come to all unbelievers. Saved from that. Well, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. But that day is coming. For many, many will face that day. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So preacher, what do I do? What, what do I do? Well, you, you call upon the Lord. Well, well, how do I know? How do I know that I'm saved? Well, you keep praying until His Spirit bears witness with you, till His Spirit tells you that you're saved. Keep praying. Keep calling on the Lord. Keep calling on Him. Keep calling on Him. Don't, don't take someone else's word to pat you on the back and say, oh, you're saved. You're okay. No. No, have the assurance in your heart. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep calling upon the Lord. Keep repenting. Keep crying out to Him until you know, until you know, until you know. Because the Spirit of God is now in you, confirming that to you. John 3, verses 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know, this is talking about Christ lifted up on the cross. Why? Why was He lifted up on the cross? That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes, that whoever believes, whoever believes... In him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, Christ didn't come to condemn the world. The world was already condemned already fallen. But He came a ransom, a rescue for sinners, you see. So by faith do you believe? Are you at peace with God? All who believe are justified, saved from wrath. Saved from wrath. And I believe that this is the thing that a child of God should keep coming back to. Keep remembering what we have been saved from. Keep remembering that, that we were once condemned, but now, by the grace of God, justified. That Colossians 1, 21, 22. And you, 
who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. What's it talking about? This is talking about the one who was once lost. The, the one who has now been reconciled by the, by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. See, see, we'll not stand in fear of the wrath of God, but rather we will stand before God the Father if we have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Not because of something we earned, but because of the mercy of God through the blood of Jesus Christ to be clothed in a righteousness that was not of our own, but was imputed to us, you see. Once alienated, once far off, but now brought near by the blood of Christ. Once an enemy of God, but now a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and a friend of God. Once darkness, but now a child of light. Once trapped and a slave to sin, but now set free to live for the Lord and His righteousness. Once dead, but now been made alive in Christ, once bound for judgment and the wrath of God, but now in Christ we will be presented before the Father, holy, blameless, and above reproach. How can we ever cease from giving thanks, child of God, for, for what He has done to remember what He has done Another Charles Spurgeon quote that, that, that's been slightly paraphrased, but, but just read. Do you think, O oh Christian, that you can measure the love of Christ? Think of what His love has brought you. <laughs> Justification, adoption, sanctification, eternal life. The riches of His goodness are unsearchable. Oh, the breath of the love of Christ Shall such a love as this have half our hearts? Shall, Christ, shall Jesus' marvelous long, loving kindness and tender care meet with but faint response and tardy acknowledgement? Oh, my soul, tune your heart to a glad song of thanksgiving. Go through the day rejoicing, for you are no desolate wanderer, but a beloved child, watched over, cared for, supplied, and defended by the Lord. <laughs> That's who we are in Christ. And I thought, how well put. Let, let's end with that. Psalms 107, 1 and 2, and then verse 22. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 22, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We do. And Lord, help your children to...
to have a heart to see daily of your goodness and mercy toward us that we would never cease from giving thanks. Thanks for your goodness and mercy. Thanks for sending your only begotten Son to be the propitiation, the, the ransom, the payment for sin. Oh, may we never forget. May I never forget. And Lord, again, if, if there should be one that's listening to this sermon that is yet lost, oh, I pray, Father, have mercy. Have mercy. Shine light into a dark place. Open their eyes to the truth. Let, let them to see you. Open their eyes to see you. And in the midst of seeing your glory, that they would see their sin. And that they would fall before you. Repenting. Believing. Trusting. Receiving Christ. Lord, grant repentance. Grant faith to believe. And help them, Lord, to turn from their sin and their wicked ways and turn and, and follow you. And Lord, help us all. Help every believer here today to learn to trust you more. Trust you more. And to give thanks. Continual praise from our lips to give thanks. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.